Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. And the Word of God says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, there was a man lame from birth being carried in. And each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, so he could beg for the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them, eagerly expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankle were instantly healed and straightened. He jumped up, he stood on his feet, began to walk, then walking and leaping and praising God. He went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's... Now, I want you to understand, all of them stood out in astonishment. I'm going to stop right there because I want to ask you a question. How many of you want to see God do some astonishing things in your life? I want you to understand what this man did to get his life completely transformed. As we begin part two of our series, Stuck, there's that famous turtle again. I want to talk about this subject I've titled, Beautiful in its Time. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in prayer asking us, Lord, just asking you to forgive us, Lord, of our sins asking you, Lord, to give our hearts and our attention to you now in your word. Father, we don't deserve your presence. We don't deserve your mercy or your grace. But we are here, Lord, because your son, Jesus Christ, died on that cross, Lord, and gave us the opportunity to know you, Lord. So as we sit here today in church and we're tired and we've lost an hour and we have all these things in our lives, in our minds, we've come this morning to worship and to receive your word, Lord. So I humbly ask that you would use me now to preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into part two of our series, Stuck. We talked about another man last week, stuck for 38 years. Now we're going to talk about this man who was stuck for 40 years. And I want you to understand something about this man this man was crippled for 40 years. And I'm going to explain how we know he was 40 in a little bit. But this man, his entire life, he was crippled. His entire life, he begged. And what's really sad about this passage as I read it, it's not that he was crippled, he couldn't walk. I get that, that's heartbreaking. 
But what the Bible highlights is that every day, can you all say that with me? Every day, they picked him up and put him on the temple gate called Beautiful simply to beg and ask people for money. That was it. So imagine this, every day, nothing changed. How many of you can relate to that this morning? Every day, nothing changed. In fact, this man's mindset, it had to have been that nothing's going to change. It's been the same every day. In fact, this man probably said to himself, you know, today is just like yesterday, and tomorrow is going to be just like today, and if there's any definition of stuck, it's just that. Stuck in the same thing every day. The same problem every day. The same routine every day. And oftentimes, it's not the problem we face that burns us out. It's the fact that that problem goes on and on and on. Every day is the same day. It's the same thing. Every day. So this man was in this temple outside every day begging every day asking for money, every day help looking for help, every day hoping something would change, but every day was the same. The same as yesterday, the same as today, and I'm sure it's going to be the same tomorrow. And what happens when you go through the same situation, when you're stuck in the same mess every day, your mind begins to settle. Your mind begins to convince itself just to get comfortable where you're at. In fact, I would imagine that this man was outside the temple and people went to this temple to pray and to worship and to ask God to intervene and to see God work in their life. But you notice that this man wasn't inside the temple. He was just outside because maybe, I believe this man... He was probably in the same thing every day and he told himself, why even bother praying? Why, why even bother worshiping God? Why even bother trying to believe that God's going to change this? If I've been this way my whole life and every day is the same thing, why even bother God changing my life when nothing's ever changed or happened for me? And you'll be surprised how many people have settled in their minds for stuck. I'm going to be in this place the rest of my life. I don't expect much to change, Pastor, because it's been this way since my childhood. It's been this way since we've been married. It's been this way since they've been born. It's been this way since I've worked here. And I don't think I'm going to pray anymore about change. I'm not going to ask God for more. I'm not going to believe for more. I'm just going to settle. And what's truly sad about this man is not just that he was in the same problem every day. It's not just that he really was just stuck and, and just in the same thing every day. What's sad about this man wasn't even that he was crippled. What's really sad about this man 
is where he sat. He sat outside a gate called Beautiful. And I've been here, I've seen this gate. It's the eastern gate in Jerusalem. It's the gate that's closest to the temple. It's the gate that everyone went to, to get close to God. And this man sat outside a gate, ironically called Beautiful. But his life was far from that. And when I read that, I realized that this man, even though he sat outside a gate called beautiful, his life was far from that. In fact, his life was ugly. There was nothing beautiful about his life. There was nothing beautiful about his circumstance. So even though he sat outside a gate called beautiful, his life was very ugly. And how many of you today would agree with me that today we live in an ugly world? How many of you would agree that there's some ugly people in this world? My mom always said, if you see an ugly kid, look at their parents. Behind every ugly kid, there's ugly parents. This is an ugly world we live in. Filled with ugly people inside. Filled with people that are hurting. Broken. Lost. Desperate. Hopeless. But rather than address the the ugly things in our lives. Rather than, than going to God with the ugly things that are inside us, and let's not pretend they're not there. Rather than fixing those ugly things we're ashamed of in our lives, we resolve like this man to just sit in a place where outwardly we look beautiful. Where outwardly we smile where outwardly we say amen, where outwardly we just laugh and outwardly we just pretend that life is just beautiful and we resolve to look beautiful when we, like this man, are far from it. In fact, there's a lot of us that are hiding an ugly truth while pretending to live a beautiful life. You see how quiet it got? Because all of us here in this church are ugly. On the inside. There's an ugly truth that you don't talk about. There's an ugly truth you don't even pray about. There's an ugly truth you don't even tell your spouse about. Your church doesn't know your ugly truth. The people you work with don't know your ugly truth. But there are so many people like this man whose lives are so far from beautiful, but we just resolve to say, I'm just going to look the part. I'm going to act the part. But I'm not going to be the part. You can drive by and see beautiful houses. But inside that beautiful house is an ugly home. 
filled with violence, abuse, dysfunction, hatred, loneliness. But it's still a beautiful house. There are so many beautiful people with, with beautiful skin and curves and wearing the finest of clothes, but inside their heart, they're ugly, they're bitter, they're angry, they're selfish. You look at social media, you look at a happily married couple because they've been married for years, but the length of your marriage doesn't determine the beauty of it. There are many people who have been married for years that don't like each other anymore. And you see the people, that same couple, they're taking beautiful pictures on vacation. And you look at them, you say, well, how beautiful relationship goes. Yes. And you don't know that that couple's on that vacation because they're trying to mend themselves. Trying to make it work. There's beautiful churches with beautiful pastors like me. And there's beautiful worship leaders and beautiful sound systems and lights and beautiful congregation. But inside the church, there's ugly. There's burnout. There's lying. There's cheating. Scandal. And we're under this pressure today in our world to be beautiful, to live beautiful lives, to be beautiful people. So it doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter how ugly things are. You need to smile. You need to laugh. You need to pretend that everything is just perfectly fine. And when someone asks, how are you doing this morning in church? You better say, bless with no stress in my Sunday best. You can't tell people you're a hot mess. So we resolve to look beautiful. We're under this pressure to laugh, to post, to buy beautiful. And this man, even though he was sitting at the most beautiful gate in all of Jerusalem, his life was ugly, bound, broken. I wonder how many beautiful people are stuck today in bondage, miserable, lonely, shameful, depressed. And I ask myself, Lord, why? Why is it that so many of the most beautiful people are broken inside? Because the Bible is clear, the truth will set you free. So if the truth sets you free, it means a lie keeps you bound. So why do we accept being bound in our lives? It's because it is more difficult and more painful and time-consuming and embarrassing to confront and confess and correct the ugly truth in your life than it is to live a beautiful life. It's so much easier to just fake it. It's so much easier to pretend. 
than it is to deal with the truth of my past. The ugly truth of my past. The ugly truth of my childhood. The ugly truth of my secret sin. The ugly truth of what I have in my heart. The ugly truth is so much harder to deal with. So I'd rather just look beautiful and smile and laugh and convince everyone I'm okay than deal with the ugly truth. But it doesn't work. It fails. We call this masking. How many remember the first week of the pandemic? When we put on this cloth in our face. You remember that? Do you remember how weird it felt? How dumb you felt? Do you remember looking at someone with a mask and saying, what, what's wrong? Why? How dramatic? Because we didn't know yet. But you fast forward just two years later and now you look at someone with a mask and it's normal. And we put on a mask to go do anything and we're fine with it. And that's what scares me about pretending to be someone we're not. We can get so comfortable and complacent with it that we no longer seek to change it. And that's what masking is. Masking is just a temporary cover for something in your life that is unpleasant that you want no one to know about. You try to prevent everyone from seeing, so you just cover it up. And this man was at the gate called Beautiful, and that was such a lie. It was such a mask, because his life was nothing beautiful. But far from it. And there's a lot of people in the church, not just in the world. It's not just those who don't know Jesus. There's a lot of people in the church who have made a lifestyle of masking. But it doesn't work. My wife tells me every day, take out the trash. When we first got married, she let it be known, I will never take out the trash. My mother told her, don't you ever take out the trash. That is your husband's job. And I said, Mom, why did you tell her that? But suppose she tells me, take out the trash. And here's my actual trash. And I, and I go ahead and I put it in the trash can. But then I realized carrying this trash can with my trash is such a long walk to the curb. Now, let me just leave it there. And I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll wake up early just in time for the treasure. I'll do it and I'll do it. And so many of us are like that. Our hearts are trash and there's ugliness in our lives. But we make excuses and we procrastinate and we say maybe next time, maybe one day I'll deal with it. But I'm just going to just leave it there for now. But then you notice it starts having another stench and it gets stronger and stronger. So I go outside and I complain and say, man, this is terrible. 
horrible. It smells. This is horrible. But you know what? I still don't want to go out to the curb. I'm just going to do something else. You know what? I'm so embarrassed by this. I'm just going to cover it. So at least I don't see it. And I'm going to just spray this around it. And for a moment, I don't see it, I don't smell it. I'm, I, it's almost like it's not even there. That's what masking does. But eventually, the smell comes back. Because you notice in this glade bottle, it says it helps fight tough odors. Don't you know that even though it tries to fight it, it never wins? I wonder what you're fighting with inside. What are you battling with? So when you're fighting lust, you're fighting anger, you're, you're fighting adultery, you're, you're fighting pornography, you're, you're fighting unforgiveness and bitterness, you're fighting this hatred, I'm fighting, and all we keep doing is masking and pretending life is good. How are you? I'm fine. How's your day going? It's great. Hey, brother, hallelujah. And we, we just cover it. Let me prove this to you. I can make this trash super Christian. You see, I have a Christian kit with me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a Christian t-shirt over it. And then I'm going to surround it with not just any Bible, but you know real Christians read the King James Bible. So there it is. I'm going to put the the Bible there, and, and then what I'm going to do is, is just completely cover it now with Christian books so that people know I know a lot. I read a lot, and I'm going to put this beautiful, handmade Christian little cross around my neck. And you know what? When it comes time to go to church on Sundays, Pastor, I'll give money to the church. I'll give money to Ukraine. I'll give money to orphanages. I'll give money to anyone in need. And when I'm in church, I'm going to take notes because real Christians, they listen to the pastor. And when you go over my house, I'm going to put a welcome sign and beautiful little Christian symbols everywhere because real Christians are always welcoming. And when you go to my job, I'm going to make sure that in my desk, it says pray about everything and I'm going to put it facing everyone so they know I'm a Christian. Does this stop the fact that there is trash in there? But this is the church of America. We outwardly look so happy and spiritual and we look so great, but inside there's an ugly truth. We deny and we mask and we hide. But eventually, the stench comes back. Because it's all just temporary. Because you refuse to deal with what's inside. You're more concerned about your outward appearance. You can care less about your inward 
circumstance with God. And though you smile and you look great, God Himself said, man looks at the outside. But I look at the heart. God said, man looks at outside. So any man, any person can look outwardly and say, wow, they're beautiful. They're so Christian. They're so happy. They're so in love. They're so peaceful. They're so content because we look at the outward circumstances. We look at the outwardly appearance. But God said, I see right through all of this and I look at your heart. And what if today your heart is ugly before God? But you don't deal with it. You make excuses for it. And we mask it. Do you realize this is no way for anyone to live? Even Jesus called out those with masks. In Matthew 23, verse 27, He said, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs. Beautiful! Did you notice the language he used? You're beautiful! You know, God looks at us right now and the outward appearance, He says, wow, that's impressive. You're beautiful. Look at your beautiful house and salary and children and life. Look how beautiful you are. Jesus was not denying outwardly they were beautiful. But notice what He was focusing on. He said, outwardly, you are beautiful on the outside, but you're filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Jesus was not impressed with the outside. He acknowledged it was beautiful, but if you knew what I cared about, I'm looking inside you. And he called them hypocrites. In the Greek, that word hypocrites literally translates an actor who wears a mask. Jesus called out the mask in anger because Jesus in His love for you and His compassion for you is filled with such a holy righteous anger when He sees the beautiful appearance you work so hard in but inside there's so much impurity. He wants to deal with your heart. It doesn't work. Masking doesn't work. And now that I said that, it won't even go on YouTube. They'll pull, up, they'll pull it out. Masking our hearts does not work. Getting real before God is what heals. And as long as this man continued every day to be outside in the gate called beautiful, nothing in his life would change. Eventually, the stench comes back. 
So you cover it up more, but it comes back. Worse every time. It reminded me of this young girl recently, just a month ago, named Chelsea Christ. 30 years old. And Chelsea was a, a young, beautiful girl. Her whole life centered on beauty. Miss USA. Sponsored by so many companies for her beauty. Living a life that so many would envy. Rich and famous. Everyone wanted to be her. Everyone wanted to date her. Everyone wanted her life. She lived in the beautiful New York City high-rise apartment. She traveled the world. Her social media was with celebrities and in the most beautiful beaches. And she had everything she ever wanted. Her whole life was all centered on one thing beautiful but just last month outside that same New York City penthouse apartment she jumped off to her death and killed herself and the world was shocked because she had her whole life ahead of her why would she do something like this? And in a letter she left behind, she described the depression she was under and the pressure she was under to be beautiful. And she couldn't talk to anyone about her pain. So she masked it till it killed her. And sadly, our ugly truths are killing us inside. If you continue to live a life of hypocrisy, where we just put on the mask on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, we're in the world, we're living in sin, we're having these ugly things, impurities, as Jesus said, inside us, but we don't deal with it, you will stay stuck. Why was this man stuck? Verse 7 tells us this. Peter took this man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and straightened. Hold it there for a minute. Healed and straightened. Say it with me. Healed and straightened. The Bible could have said he was just healed. But the Bible points out two connecting truths. He was healed and straightened. Why is it significant? Because when the Bible talks about healing, it's an internal thing. And when it talks about straightening, it's a physical thing. So sometimes before the Lord can fix the physical things in your life, He needs to work on the internal things in your life. 
And so many of us are focused on the physical and we want God to physically fix us and physically bless us and physically change my life. But what if the Lord says, before I can do any straightening out in your life, I need to do some internal healing. I got to change you from the inside out. That's how God works, not the outside in, but the inside out. And the man tells us why he was stuck. Because he couldn't straighten out his leg. And I wonder how many things in your life you wish were straightened out. And we all have areas in our lives like this man that we're hurting in need of healing. We're desperate and we're stuck and we need to straighten out our lives. I need to straighten out my relationships. I need to straighten out my children. I need to straighten out my walk with God. I need to straighten out my mental health. I need things to be straightened out for me. But notice, this man was stuck because his leg could not straighten out. But in verse 4 through 5, it tells us that even though his leg could not straighten out, he thought money was the solution. He asked Peter for money. And money wasn't going to help. But we are convinced that there's a certain thing that we can get that's going to fix our lives. For some it is money. If I had more money, I can buy this. And if I buy that, I will have this. And if I have that, I will receive happiness and peace. And if I just had more money, money is the answer. No, it's a root of all types of evil. was searching for the wrong thing. You know how many people need to straighten out their lives, but they search the wrong places, the wrong things. And when you search for the wrong things, it's just a temporary solution. And if this man got what he wanted, it would not have ever gotten him unstuck. So sometimes what you want is not what you need, but the Lord will always meet what you need. And what this man needed was not money, but Jesus. And if you need your life straightened out, Money, all the money in the world will keep you lost. All the pleasure in this life will keep you empty. All the material possessions you can have will leave you broken. The Bible says what good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? And we're all after these cheap fixes in life because we're trying to eternally straighten ourselves out. But only things in our lives can be straightened out with Jesus and only Jesus. And it's always been Jesus, but you keep covering up the truth. This man did not need money. He needed Jesus. There are so many people stuck. Hurting. In need of their lives being straightened out. 
but we go to the wrong temporary solution. That's why we have so many people who have lives you would envy that are lost because the money couldn't do it, the pleasures couldn't do it, the drugs couldn't do it. But Jesus can. It's crazy how we go to the wrong things to straighten out our lives. I need to straighten out my life so I just need more of this and more of that and more pleasure, more money. But it doesn't heal you. This man begged for money his whole life and he never got healed. And people are in search of straightening out their lives because they need healing, but only Jesus can heal. Money can't heal. There's so many people in search of straightening out their marriage. It's surprising. As a pastor, I've had so many couples. Pastor, you need to talk to my husband and straighten him out. And we try to straighten out our marriage because we pretend to be happy and in love because we've been married for 40, 50, 60 years. But pastor, we've lost and burned out that love years ago. We've just roommates now. It's just comfort. It's just convenience. But we need to straighten things out, honey. So let's go on a vacation. Let's go on a hot date. Let me bring her flowers. Let me bring her candy. Let me touch him a little. Let me just go out with him. Let's just have dinner. And maybe that straightens things out. But no, your marriage needs healing. Well, pastor, I need to straighten out these kids. And I don't care how Cuban you are, there's no sandal and chancleta in the world that can straighten out your kids like Jesus can. Oh no, I need to straighten them out, so I'm going to take their phone away. I'm going to take their video games away. No, you need to drag that brat to church. And put the fear of God in him with the chancleta on the way to church. I know it's not popular to say this today, but I was raised in the Lord and a sandal. Thank you. Thank you, mom and dad. Because I am, it's true. We're trying to straighten out our mental health. I'm stressed, I'm angry, I'm depressed, and I need it. And I have nothing against medicals and doctors and, and psychiatrists and therapists. That's all good. But because there are chemical imbalances, I get that. But what if some of it is actually spiritual and you're going to the wrong thing? What if you're here today, not on accident, but the Lord is saying, this man is telling you the truth. I can be the only one to straighten that out. So as we close this morning, I wonder if this is you today. Outwardly, you're beautiful. Outwardly, you smile. Outwardly, you hold hands. Outwardly, you just say the right things and do the right things so that people are convinced that you are right. Outwardly, everything looks straight. 
Everything is just straightening out. Everything is fine. I'm happy, Pat. No, I'm happy. I am. I'm happy. And Jesus would say, Wow, you're beautiful. But let's talk about that inside. I wonder if that beautiful young Chelsea, if Jesus looks at her and says, Chelsea, you're so beautiful. But let's talk about that depression. I can heal that. What if God is looking at you right now and saying, you're so beautiful, you're kind, you smile, you laugh, you make everyone else laugh, but I know it's a mask. You're hurting inside. You're broken inside. And maybe you've been searching the wrong things to heal what only Jesus can heal. You know what I value about this man? He could have been bitter with Jesus. What scares me about this man is he was outside the temple and that was the most holy place you can think of. It's where everyone go to pray, everyone came to worship and give sacrifices. It's where everyone came to have a godly experience. Isn't it interesting, his entire life, this man was around religious things, but he never knew Jesus. And my heart breaks for people that might be in this church today, and you're around the religious things, but you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. And you say, Pastor, what does that even mean? To have a relationship with Jesus, it means that you acknowledge before God, you are a mess, you are a sinner. But that only Jesus can forgive those sins. And only Jesus is the way to God the Father. It's not by being pretty and beautiful and all these things I do for Jesus that gets me saved. It is by grace and grace alone the Bible says you've been saved. So that anyone who confesses their sins before God will be forgiven. And if you would decide today to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, He will forgive you. His Spirit will come inside you to help you with this Christian walk. And you will be saved. But it's your choice. Did you ever notice that Peter said, what I can give you, what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus. And he reached out his hand. That man could have said, nah. That's not for me. Nah, I think I'll stay here and keep trying. And today, I'm your Peter saying that Jesus said. He can straighten out 
your whole life. Do you know what this man was up against when Jesus reached, when Peter, sorry, reached out his hand and said, let's go. Jesus wants to save you. This man could have been bitter towards Christ. He could have been angry towards Jesus. You know why? I want to teach this through the context. Jesus was in Jerusalem at the age of 33, at 33 years old. This man witnessed Jesus going into Jerusalem. Now, Acts chapter 4, verse 22 tells us that this man was 40 years old. 40 years. You see it? Got it? They got it? Got it. Okay, 40 years. 40 years this man was lame. Jesus came into that gate, that beautiful gate, to go into the temple when he was 33 years old. This man was brought there every day since he was born. So let's do the math. This man was seven years old when Jesus went into that beautiful gate. Seven-year-old boy hopeless. A seven-year-old boy broken. A seven-year-old child confused. But that seven-year-old hears about Jesus and he's a healer. And you know that when you're a young boy, you think the impossible is possible. And he said, well, what if that's me? What if he can heal me? What if he can fix me? And the Bible says Jesus came into Jerusalem and came right out. This man sat there as a seven-year-old boy and Jesus just bypassed him. Does it ever feel like God has just bypassed you? And he's left you out there in the dark and left you broken and alone and abused and God doesn't care and God doesn't love me. But what this man didn't know, that 33 years after, Jesus would come back and Jesus would heal him through Peter. Because he was making this boy turn into a man so that he would be a testimony for the rest of the city of Jerusalem. Because had he healed them right there and then at seven years old, would not have been as impactful as a man that sat there for 40 years. And when Peter reached out his hand and said, take Jesus, this man could have said, oh, I've tried that. I was seven years old and I saw him walking right by me. He didn't acknowledge me. He knew I was crippled. He knew I couldn't walk, but he didn't care enough to fix me. And I'm telling you today, Jesus has not bypassed you because what this seven-year-old boy did not know is that what he thought was a bypass was actually Jesus going to the cross to die for his sins so stop thinking you figured out the Lord he's ready to straighten you out and heal you and when this man took Peter's hand he experienced that healing of Jesus Christ praised God and walked right into the temple. And that temple always represented the presence of God. It's a picture of what heaven will be like. And one day 
You're going to praise God if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. One day, He's going to make all things new. And the same way He entered that temple in the presence of God, today you have that choice to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and be in His presence forever. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, everything will be beautiful in its time. Maybe today you're stuck. So I want to reach out to two people today, two types of people. The first one is those right now that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They don't know what it means to have a relationship. But they realize today that they're sinners. All of us are sinners. None of us deserve the grace and the forgiveness of the Lord. But that's why Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for our sins. So that if anyone believes in him, he will be saved. And you're saying, well, Pastor, I believe in God. No, that's not the question. The question is, do you have a relationship? Have you repented of your sins? Have you said to the Lord, forgive me for my sins? And Lord, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Or will you continue to just live this life trying to straighten yourself out? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And even if it feels like the Lord has bypassed you, forgotten you, there was a greater purpose in mind. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I'm, I'm tired. And I need my life straightened out. But before God can straighten out the physical life, He needs to straighten out the spiritual with you. You're going to say, well, Pastor, my life spiritually is not straightened out. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I know I'm a sinner. And I need to be forgiven. And I want to turn my life to Jesus today that's you today the hand is being reached out to you but it's your choice if that's you would you put that hand up and say pastor I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord my Savior and the second group of people are those that maybe say pastor I have a relationship with Jesus I got saved in such and such time. I know I walk with the Lord. But things in my life have gotten ugly. And outside I smile and I laugh. Outside I pretend everything's fine. Outside I pretend everything's perfect. 
but there's an ugly truth inside me. And this is between you and God. I'm not even going to ask you to stand up or raise your hand, but this is between you and God. Would you confess before the Lord your ugly truth? And stop living your beautiful life. Maybe your ugly truth is, Lord, I'm far from you. And I have no desire lately to serve you. I'm distracted, worldly. Maybe you're saying, Pastor, the ugly truth in my life is my marriage. And we pretend that everything's fine for the sake of the kids, but we're we're just apart right now. Lord, I'm, I need to straighten out my mind. I can't sleep at night. I'm depressed. I'm angry and discouraged. But I can't let people know there's so many ugly truths that we have resolved to cover to live out a beautiful life. But today the Lord can heal that as well. But you need to bring it before Him. And say, Lord, I am tired of living this life. Heal me. Guide me to what to do. Because I can't go on another day like this. And I pray you don't leave this church beautiful anymore, but broken before the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet so we can pray for everyone here today. Heavenly Father, there are those that feel you've bypassed them, that you've ignored them, There are those that wonder why you've done nothing for their lives. Why have you not fixed their situation? But we know, Lord, that your timing is perfect and everything is beautiful in its time. So I pray, Father, that we not live another life and live a life where outwardly we appear to be straight and beautiful, but inwardly we are ugly. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for anyone on the inside dealing with secret sin, anger, unforgiveness, guilt, shame, for anyone dealing with addiction, depression, loneliness, who feels they can't even tell anyone for fear of what they would think for fear of judgment. Let us know without a doubt today, Father, that we can be honest and true to who we are with you. And you will not turn us away. Heal every broken heart in this room today. Every person that came into this church 
smiling and happy but knows deep down inside it's a lie. Straighten that out, Lord. Would you tell the Lord that this morning if that's you, Lord, straighten it out. Tell the Lord what He needs to straighten out today and get real with Him. Lord Jesus, we thank You for this Word. We thank You, Lord, that You are a God that gets us unstuck. So help us, Lord, not to live another day outwardly what we're not inwardly. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise today. If you guys are blessed by today's message.